like seriously like i don't usually uh rep that type of shirts but i think I was, i've been using um uh, like today earlier like you see the shirt i was wearing the texas a&m shirt that was like one of brady's hand-me-downs from like high school or, or, middle school or something that thing was ridiculously tight at least for me but anyways last intro uh this is alex caravan uh director of data science vp of business ops uh episode Probably 95 of the Dreadline R&D podcast. If not, then no, just check the title. 95. 95. 95. Yeah, All right, go. let's go. Repping a warm, porous light. And today I got... Max Garrett, Dreadline Hitting Trainer, Catching Trainer. Uh, I'm drinking on some salt water. Let's go. Also, this is going to be a um, one-of-a-kind podcast episode. It's got... This is the only one that's going to have the, <laughs> the different lights in the background. So this, so this will be hopefully... changing colors? Yeah, they're changing colors. <laughs> so hopefully it'll have hopefully it'll have a nice visual uh appeal for our youtube oh no i think we just we gotta we just have a blink we got like a fade oh really yeah okay yeah i guess it has been blue but yeah i i, I just i just saw like i saw something change something, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 fade we okay well yeah all right <laughs> still still yeah. the only podcast episode that has has a uh, active uh, gotta bring a little flair yeah and and, and repping gonzaga um swag yeah what, what, what year did you graduate from, from uh, swag yep yeah, I was a JUCO banner for two years at Columbia Basin College and uh, a couple years at Gonzaga. What, what what years did you graduate? Yeah, I graduated in uh, 2012. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Anyways, good to have you on, man. Um, do, do, do you want to kind of like give uh, tell people how you started at Driveline? Yeah. You ended up where, where you are because you got you got a pretty interesting path. Yeah, got a uh, got started. I was I was basically playing some independent ball and I was like, man, I need I need some abs. Uh, I grew up in Washington, so I. I you know, I heard about driveline. I was, I coached at the junior college I played at. So I was like, uh, I was familiar with what was going on here. I was like, Hey, there's a lot of pitchers up there. Yep. Uh, and so I, I reached out and was like, Hey, do you have people that are like getting at bats off your pitchers? Like I'll catch them. I'll, yep. if I can get some ABs and, and they're like, well, we're actually starting a hitting program. Yep. Um, do you want to go through that? Like, do you want to hit here? And I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. I'll start tomorrow. I was, I remember actually being really frustrated because it like took a week to like get set yeah. up, but, um, yeah. So I got, what, what, what year was this? Man, I think it was like 16, 17, okay. Some, okay. somewhere in there, 16 maybe. Okay. Um, but yeah, I came out and you know, I got to meet Jason and at the time it was Jason. He just brought on Gordo. Yeah. Uh, and got to kind of be a guinea pig. Through a lot yeah. of the stuff we were doing on the hitting side, uh, I remember seeing the first batted ball report. Yeah, uh, getting to go over that. Uh, it's crazy how, how things have changed. But uh, yeah, w- went through training here. I I, I learned a ton. Um, just just like an approach to training hitting and and a- as an athlete, like yeah. how you approach training hitting and um, going through a big big change of like you know searching for the perfect feel and the perfect swing to. Uh, you know, having a lot of movement solutions. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I got to do all that and then uh, went and played a year and then came well, back and it was just it just natural for me to, to train here. And I was like, man, there's, I'm not going to find a- anywhere else like this. And um, so, yeah, I continued doing that. And, and it got to a point where I, uh, after a couple of years, I was like, man, you know, I always, you know, wanted to work and drive on. I'd coached and gave lessons. And so I was really familiar with doing that. And uh, but I was really interested in the business side of things because uh, that's where I felt I lacked experience. Yeah. Um, so, you know, got approached about a position being open here and um, thought it'd be a pretty good opportunity to get started on. And it was uh, as a business associate. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do want to talk about, um, I do want to talk about like, you know, the, your, your, your lore and your, your place in driveline lore as uh, also, uh, you know, your, your, your stint as head of CR including uh selling that vibrating massage ball to a construction worker which, which is one of Bodie's all-time favorite stories um but but i was just on the hitting side real quick or, or just like when you started uh training do you remember what like what technologies and what the what the training regimen was then yeah 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 we had we had hit tracks course we um we'd implemented some blast like we weren't, weren't wearing a blast every every time yeah. we hit yeah um but we were wearing it certain days and uh man it was it was largely up to like, you know, the trainer how how hard they wanted to create the environment that day. But um, we do some warm ups, and flips, and uh, hit off a, a machine environment that was 
basically like, Hey, whatever, yeah. you know, maybe these three or four guys need or, yeah. uh, but it, you know, you take for granted a lot of the things that we, we were trying to do and, and, you know, the, the training implements that we had, uh, there was, you know, the, the penny bat, the OG long wood, yeah. wood training bats, um, you know, the under an overload influence we were using, it was just kind of like, you know, everything's laid out and yep. they're just like, yeah, use whatever, yeah. you know, it's, if it's hard, we're probably going to do more yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, if it makes you feel good, like do those. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a lot of discovery, a lot of trying things out, um, which was, which was pretty fun at the time. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what were, I mean, even just thinking about the drills and equipment, like what are some differences between now and then? Just, just way more personalized. Yeah. And, uh, have a lot better understanding of of what we're trying to do yeah um and, and before it was it was more just exploring and we still do a ton of that yeah. with with guys like you know your guy assesses and he has these movement issues and you want to change these things in a swing like maybe it's bat path you know that you know these drills are usually good at fixing these things um but there's still some exploration with with that kid like you know if he's working on a load like you know does the hook him help him get to yeah. this better spot, or maybe the Kershaw really helps it helps him set uh, into his backside really well. Uh, so there still is that exploration, but back then it was just like, all right, there's all the bats. Go ahead and use whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Try to try to uh, figure out how do we can hit the ball harder. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I, I'm curious. I mean, we, you know, we have we have resources and stuff online um, for people, but but just for anyone kind of listening and and curious about some specific hitting training. Do you, do you want to talk about some of the some of your favorite drills and like like what they are and what they're uh, usually prescribed for, like when it when it comes to to programming a hit a hitter? Yeah, yeah, I think I think we have a some of the core drills that are laid yeah. out in the in hacking the connect chain hitting. Yeah, which if if you haven't uh, pre ordered that to, yeah. to get it, I would definitely do so because it's, it's. I think you can just order it at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should you should be able to order. Um, yeah, pre ordering. <laughs> But uh, yeah, really, really cool um, piece of material to walk through through everything. But the main drills in that uh, yeah. are, are a lot of things you'll see. And if you come train with us, like first day or two, yeah. first few days, where we kind of go through those drills so you can understand them, their purpose, uh, and how to execute them. Um, but yeah, I mean, like taking taking any of those and and you know, a lot of places, like especially with our interns and training them, is like. You know, here here are things we're seeing in the mocap lab with yeah. uh, in a guy's report. You know that he's he's struggling with and and. Yeah, I'm so sorry. So I guess again, one step back. So so nowadays, when a hitter comes, because they they have the assessment ideally, unless there's like some injury or some other reason they wouldn't have it. They have they have the assessment in, in mocap. They have like HP stuff. They have like PT stuff if they need. I I, I you know I, I kind of I'm not super dialed on it either. Like, do you mind? laying out like the first week of, uh, you know, of, of a hitter's training. And then we can talk a little bit about, about drills. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, guy comes in here. We're, we're looking for, uh, we usually ask him to, to train for a week with us yeah. to assess over a week. We can definitely get that done in a day if need be, but more batted balls, the better, right? Yeah. Just gives us a little bit more robust of a sample of, of who they are as a hitter. And a lot of the pro guys will have a good idea of that, um, them coming in, yeah. but Basically, you can hit it on the hit tracks. You know, if we could get 300 balls in play, that'd be sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our environments sometimes don't allow for that. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, that's a lot of balls in play in a competitive environment. Um, but they're going to hit in the lab. Uh, we're we're going to get, you know, an average and be able to see individual swings, but an average of, you know, 20, 25 swings in there. Um, and then out on the, uh, the floor training every day uh, in, in sort of our group environments. Uh, they'll be wearing blast every day. So every yeah. swing will have blast. Every swing will have hit tracks data. Uh, so that combined with the mocap report of how they're moving, um, we'll supplement with K-Vest uh, with, with some guys, especially if they're going to have access to it later on. Mm -hmm. um, so so we can have those numbers here. We can see how they change and then retest when, when they're not with us. Uh, yeah, K-Vest basically measures like um a, a bunch of angles and like some some kinematics too like like torso velo pelvis velo hand velo right yep four yeah. sensors yeah. gives us basically four uh speeds timing yeah. of, of yeah. four different segments yeah uh and then yeah the 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 hp assessment um is is really really cool uh those guys have been, uh been able to develop um a way for us to i mean it's one of our best 
predictors yeah. of anything yeah. is yeah. is our HP assessment predicting you know velocity and bat speed. Yeah. Uh, so so that piece is really cool. Uh, gets to see what type of athlete you are in in, in an area. You know, sometimes there's a, a an easy area for them to attack in the weight room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that combines you know with with the movement screen with uh, PT with Dylan. Um, you know, putting that all together uh, and, and going over all of that information in an athlete meeting, yeah. uh, you know, where we basically try to figure out your goals, what you want to do, uh, what you want to become, um, and then, you know, lay out a plan to, to achieving those things and, and working our way towards, towards those goals. Yeah. So, so, so what are, what are some of your go-to drills that you, that you, you find yourself like prescribing over and over to most of the athletes that kind of come in? Cause I'm assuming, I'm assuming a lot of them show like similar traits, you know, like similar things to work on. Yeah. There's definitely, you know, certain archetypes that show up. Um, I think, you know, we, we can get into drills, but I, th I think the biggest thing is just like, uh, ath athlete education. I think it's huge. Yeah. And, and them understanding, you know, talking through it with a guy this morning, um, you know, him, him learning, you know, he understood what the tack angle was, but the relationship yeah. of that to timing and point of contact in the natural arc of his mm -hmm. swing, you know, he's got, you know, his attack angle looks high. And so he's like, oh, am I hitting these too far out front? Well, it's like, no, look at the point of contact here. Yeah. It's actually, you're hitting these too deep. You have too big of a loop in your swing. You're getting too low, having to work up too high. So that's why your attack angle is showing up high. Yeah. Um, and when you do get out front, yeah, it's really high and we're, we're topping balls. Um, so like a guy that, you know, is losing his barrels, getting too far, missing underneath a lot. And then, you know, top spin to the pull side. Yeah. You know, maybe we're we're working some offset closed, uh, where he's being a lot more direct with his path. Yeah. Uh, and working on hitting balls basically out front, uh, and, and staying behind those, hitting those with a lot more true spin. Yeah. Um. Guys with uh with loading issues, you know, we we have like basically a suite of loading drills. Um, guys with striding issues, there's there's kind of a suite of drills that are more aligned towards the stride and then you know we have some drills that are more uh, along the swing phase and again like the hack and the kinetic chain book kind of kind of goes into these and, and and we'll lay this out and not only are we looking to change movement uh, but it also depends on what our goals are for that day as far as intent um, you know we we break things out on the floor is you know a, a bat speed day where we're less maybe specific about how we're moving more about moving yeah. fast. Uh, yeah. and then like a bat to ball day, uh, where everything's about smash and making quality contact consistently finding barrels as consistently as we can, uh, where maybe we'll dive into a little bit more, uh, movements and not worried about like, of course, we're going to still see those bat speed numbers and where they're at. Uh, but our focus today is squaring up as many balls as we can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say on, on the, yeah. So, I mean, so some people at Dreadline know, uh, I don't know if fans of the podcast know, but you're also the, you know, internal like catching guru. And, and that, that, that's, that's been a lot of your, a lot of your initial passion, uh, like kind of pushing the field on, on catching research, which is just typically been, you know, behind pitcher pitching and, and, and hitting. And I think there's like some challenges to it, which we can talk about. Um, but I was going to say for, from a, from a catching point of view, I know we've gone through several different, like, We've, we've kind of had like a rough catching assessment or catching like sort of training. We've, we've talked about like selling, like catching snapshots or, or having catching reports that are indeed developed. Um, and again, there's, there's so many things we usually juggle and, and kind of prioritize from, we got to streamline this product. This is, this makes sense to target for this many people. This is like something specialized. We'll give to, you know, any catcher that, that wants to do it, but isn't necessarily something that makes sense to put out to the general population, put out to the general population. Um, for my own edu as well because I don't, I don't even know what the current state is like what 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 is what is kind of what we offer for for catchers or anyone that's trying to specifically train catching yeah so uh you know pro off season basically we um we're with the catchers a couple times a week the cool part is when uh i'm not with them uh we have bullpens going yeah. on we have live ab's going on so yeah. uh we get kind of that that live part where we get to test uh you kind of get to you know, see, see what you're made of a little yeah, bit and yeah. see if we can transfer the stuff we're doing, you know, in, in catching sessions to, you know, a live pitcher. Yeah. Um, and so pro off season, we, uh, those guys are able to train together, which is pretty cool. Summer coming up, um, be the same thing where we're, 
you know, I'm with them with those groups. Uh, we usually spend, you know, as, there's always a receiving element to it because that's just the nature of catching. You're going to always be receiving, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, usually once a week, we uh, try to get together for um, their velo day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that day will be like some receiving, uh, but we're also focused on the exchange, the footwork, and, and the actual throw piece. So yeah. I think a huge, huge missing piece of, of the exchange uh, and, and, you know, footwork and when we're working on throwing is like guys just don't throw when they do those yeah. drills. Yeah. So like, you know, they, they make it, their exchange look good and they get to in a position, they're nice and yeah. low. And it's like, that looks good, but yeah. they don't actually throw from that position yeah. when they throw, they stand up yeah. and they pull down. Like, so yeah. like, uh, they're basically repping out this, this movement that they're, uh, that's not how they throw. Yeah. Um, so I think the throwing piece of it, you know, whenever you're doing exchange and, uh, footwork stuff, like even if it's light, um, you know, and we're monitoring how much our catchers are throwing, uh, that, that piece is added in cause it really helps the catcher feel like, you know, in my position where I can really create some force, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Do you remember that? Um, I mean, I, I think I'm going to answer this cause I think we've talked about this, but like the 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 original uh, article Brady and I wrote like a few years ago on yeah. on, on uh, yeah uh, yeah on, on on catcher like exchange time and and uh th- yeah like uh pop time or yeah pop pop yeah pop time um and, and just just we talked about how much like how how much of an impact it is for catchers throw harder you know to get a second base uh versus where, where I think traditionally the focus has been on like them like. Yeah, like like the exchange or like catching it and popping up it's like sure like you know obviously you can you can shave like milliseconds off that but increasing arm strength um and yeah and, and like velo is like where you can really like really improve your time a second and 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 we've talked about like that's that's just something that typically like a lot of coaches and and the community hasn't like really focused on right like even yeah. though the evidence is pretty clear if you think about it from from a from a math point of view um do, do, do you think that's still the case or have things kind of changed in the last couple of years? I, I think it's becoming um, more and more prevalent, especially with like the threat of uh, automatic, uh, the ABS system. So automatic balls and strikes being yep. called. Um, but also it's just like recruited pretty heavily um, and, and, and with showcases. Yeah. Like they just like we want it. Now they measure it a lot. Yeah. So they're, they're measuring how hard, you know, all position players are throwing the ball. Uh, so I think it's a a little bit more important there, but um, so I th- and and especially with with you know younger athletes coming to us, you know, um, professional teams come to us about like how, how do we get our guys throwing harder uh, from this position, and uh, so I I think it's I think it's something that's become definitely more popular, and you know when you look at the breakdown of of pop time or the throw to second, you you basically have that ex- that exchange. Um, the the throw velocity yeah, yeah. and then the accuracy right yeah, so yeah. kind of the three pieces you're looking at and you know that that ball time of the ball in the air is is a is the longest part of that yeah um and throwing hard gives you a lot of luxury yeah right? and, yeah uh, of course accuracy is, is is super important um and in the exchange getting it out quickly and you know everyone's always like oh but if i it, you know shave down my exchange time that yeah. and, However much I shave off that affects my yeah. throwdown. But if we're doing so at the at the cost of velocity, or if we're just not training velocity, yeah. I think that's that's a bigger issue. If we're not training to get our arms stronger, uh, to throw harder, to throw more accurate, to last longer in a season, yeah. uh, we're really missing the boat there. Yeah, I think position players uh, throwing in general uh, has been more of a focus and like more like people realizing like that actually can have an impact and it's just low hanging fruit, right? Yeah, like mo- yeah, mo- sure, especially sure. In, in, in the bigs, like most position players, like just nowhere near the, you know, amount of effort uh, put into a VLO program as like they should. And you only need like a little bit to like drastically improve. I remember in um in the podcast episode of Rob Hill at this point, almost two, yeah over two years ago, uh, like one of the first things he did that, that really caught the Dodgers like front office eyes was just teaching a couple position players like how to throw harder. Yeah, there's a yeah. little bit of the technique adjustment and, and and some like dictated training and then a little bit of sudden, arm like, action. Yeah, people were just ripping heaters like across a diamond and yeah, again, it's like I I think the popularity of of Statcast uh, readings on 
on infield and outfield throws as well as probably making it more popular because people can actually see like who throws hard as hell like aaron hicks is fucking yeah. throws ropes from the outfield um who's that guy uh uh i'm blanking on him it's embarrassing the the, the pirates uh shortstop oh and yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. The, doesn't he didn't he like throw like the, the, yeah it's basically got the hardest hit ball and the hardest thrown ball yeah 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 player. yeah which is nuts um but yeah uh what, what, what do you think is something that a school or college can kind of do to, to start targeting that because because my, my mind immediately jumps to like even just using pulse uh, uh, as a proxy either in practice or or game if you're allowed to like wear it on the field uh because that'll at least keep arm speed readings and also like we'll we'll keep pitch counts too because uh, i think it's something something to keep in mind for catching as well right like if you're gonna throw if you're gonna throw the ball and and you're gonna like like put a work you know accumulate a workload on, on throwing you're just gonna throw away more than a regular position player like might as well track it in and modulate it um but yeah, w- w- what are your thoughts on that yeah i think i think like you said super low-hanging fruit we uh, there hasn't been much resource res- any resources around it or uh guys aren't really addressing it it's kind of just like man i hope yeah my outfielder's arms are good you yeah. know and they yeah. do any outie every friday saturday sunday and they're hanging yeah. and they hope to recover by the next game on <laughs> the, yeah. by the midweek uh and then hope they recover by the friday again uh so i i think people underestimate um not only it's like yeah i might not have time to get through a full velocity training program before the season starts but just implementing some some uh arm care throwing protocols yeah. uh pre post throwing uh, so that, so throwing protocols, uh, I'll say we're going to go over two things, throwing protocols, because all our position players pretty much do this and they go through it and they're just like, I can't believe my arm feels as good as yeah. it ever felt as good. Yeah. So like, yeah, we might not see the velocity until we get through those, um, you know, a, a whole six weeks of that, but you From know, right away, you can, you, yeah. yeah, you could, you can, um, put some arm care protocols in place. Uh, and then guys just feel better every day. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's maybe an error here, or there, throwing errors here and there. And, um, you know, now practices maybe get a little better. Uh, you're allowed, you can do more things to practice. Uh, and then the second thing, you know, just you're talking about workload. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, if we're going to do a bunch of ground balls, and a lot of times coaches are just like, how your arms feel, they feel good. All right. Then we're going to throw across. Yeah. They don't feel good. All right. We won't. Yeah. Um, but, but actually having a plan you know an understanding of how many throws we want our position players making during yeah. the week you know catchers are notoriously just like ransacked and have to yeah. make tons of throws uh all the time all week um and then and then you know move right into summer ball and their their arms are hanging by the by the end of that how often do catchers get the yips i, I you know i i don't i've seen a couple of cases that have um you know, and try to help guys through through a few yeah. of those. We actually had a a good story. We had a guy that had had the yips, and he was basically thrown in. And, and I didn't, wasn't really aware of it. Yeah, you know, it's not not something you go out and tell people you got yeah. him. But uh, he was basically thrust into an environment that was pretty high leverage. Yeah. It was pro day, and he was he was having to warm guys up. Uh, but he was in the the old yeah. R and D cage. Yeah. Uh, in four three, yeah. and you know how low that, that yeah, yeah, yeah. and so he was trying to like throw the ball back to the pitcher, yeah. just in the this in the ceiling of it. <laughs> but like, he's he's got to kind of get to a lower yeah. arm slot and throw it, and like he can't be rolling it back. Yeah. He was, yeah. That's what he did at first, because one he had the yips, two is kind of hard to do. So anyways, yeah. uh, but those guys are getting pissed because they're trying to get ready. To, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. You know, you have <laughs> a like moment to go get up. signed. Yeah. You know, a pretty big. Uh, so he's like, man, I got to throw it back to these guys. This is terrible. They got to walk down the mound, pick this up. So he just like, you know, basically had to buck up and, and play catch with these guys yeah. throwing it back. And the environment was just like terrible to throw in. Yeah. And uh, he was like, yeah, I, I I think this cured the yips. Like, I, yeah. And and ever since then, he like felt perfectly fine throwing, never had a problem with it so, again. So have people catch so maybe, yeah. as, as a solution yeah, for you yips. Could, you can try that out. Yeah, you got to set up a a pretty intense pro day, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, we, I've seen little uh, cases and, you know, as, as you know, people explain it and you understand it and going, looking into it, it's just, just a really big fear, like a, just a ton of doubt and, uh, causes the body to do some weird things. Uh, it's more of a, this kind of a fan question for me, but 
I've always, I mean, obviously, like, you know, like, or not, I shouldn't say obviously, but to me, it seems like, you know, the more pitch moves, especially like late, late, late break ones, like nasty sliders or curves, uh, like they're, they're harder to catch. But like from a catcher point of view or, or catching coach point of view, like what makes, what makes like, uh, you know, I'll watch like bullpen videos on like momentum or like from our stuff, you know, where we're having like people that aren't, you know, they're not like the most skilled catchers in the world per se, right? You know, it's players developing, they're, they might be between college and minors, minors in the big leagues. Um, and they'll, you know, they'll certainly like drop some, drop some balls or let some go. Like which ones are the toughest ones to, to catch? What really makes like a, a, a ball hard to catch? I think uh, nothing is really that hard to catch once you've seen it. Yeah. But the inconsistencies. Yeah. Like, I think most catchers probably agree. Like, some guys, when a guy is a splitter, it's like, okay. Yeah. You know, uh, a little bit uneasy because, like, a lot of times just sometimes it's straight. Yeah. And sometimes it drops a couple feet. Yeah. You know, and uh, and you're trying to, with runners on, you're trying to decide, you know, if I have to block this pitch or try to catch it at the bottom of the zone. And um, so I think anything that's inconsistent, I think that's, that's yeah. where things get really tough. Um, you know, same thing happens with guys that, you know, you see a catcher miss one off his glove and you think it's a fastball, but it's like, he just cut it. You yeah. know, he normally has a little bit of run, like a little yeah. two seam action to his fastball. Uh, and like this one he cut, you yeah. know? So like, of course that can, that can throw guys off. And I think, you know, when guys are inconsistent with pitches, like their, their catchers, now can't be as aggressive with mo their movements as far yeah. as framing goes, uh, as far as their setup, you know, they got to kind of play it safe, which, which usually hinders performance of, of like getting strikes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not that relatable of a story cause I've never caught at any level, <laughs> uh, or played baseball, but, uh, uh, I was, I remember I was playing catch of Brady out on Alki beach, like a few years ago <laughs> when I, when I was, when I was trying to throw for a bit, you know, and, and and my shoulder was killing me that day. Like I legit thought I had like nerve impingement or something because I threw like I think I just didn't have any like workload buildup. I, I threw like sixty pitches of but back and forth with Brady like playing cats. Like none of them, none of them like hard, you know. But just like the yeah. the load of of sixty pitches for me, yeah, um, was just like a lot. So when I started trying to air him out, like I just could not throw hard. And and, and I was trying to catch Brady, and he was throwing like I mean you know Brady has like a like you know a kind of a funky delivery like sorry Don. yeah yeah throws pretty hard yeah, yeah. has like five or six different pitches not so a fun catch partner yeah 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 so and he's obviously not throwing him like full game speed but bro i, I was just like <laughs> i remember like squatting down the sand and it's like that like that change looks like it breaks like 12 inches like right in front of your face and it's like like no shot to to catch it it yeah. just it just yeah it just gave me like a new newfound appreciation for like just catching people with, with, with yeah yeah with, 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 with a large arsenal um were you yipped up dude Do you have uh i mean i don't even know if you describe it as a yips just, but just pain yeah just you, pain you weren't having to like memorize a playboy magazine and <laughs> what they like uh is, is that another cure for the yip <laughs> yeah, memorizing yeah. a playboy magazine <laughs> yeah yeah uh major league yeah oh from the movie yeah is, is, that, is that what they do yeah you, you basically you got to get their mind on something else you know okay okay all right, so I'll, yeah, keep I'll, that in your I'll, back I'll, pocket I'll, if you I'll, ever have to pull that out. Right, I'll, I'll try that next time. I, I have some material. <laughs> I, I, have, I have some material. The material and the and the circumstances use. Um, do, yeah. I mean, do you want to talk about kind of the some of the catching research we, we we've done over the years? I know you at one point charted like what several thousand pitches. Yeah. Uh, shout out Zach Jones. Yeah. Uh, he he did a ton of these. Jalen um, remote train trainer still with the Phillies, I think. Right. Yeah. Still yeah. with Phillies. Uh, yeah. He did. He did. A ton of these going through. Basically, the the premise was we're gonna, you know, Dan O'Coin uh, put together a list of really good frames. Yeah. So like catch or pitches that we didn't expect to be called strikes. Yeah. Get called strikes, uh, and then opposite of that. Yeah. And then you know a kind of a, a control group yeah. of random pitches. Yeah. And we set up kind of like what we thought, you know, matters. For, yeah. for catcher framing. Uh, and then we basically charted all those movements. Yeah. So like, all right, this matters. This might matter. We'll chart yeah. it. Uh, so you had these list of things to chart for all these frames. Um, and so the, the first time we did this, uh, you know, it kind of came out that, you know, a lot of things that we were felt pretty comfortable with and some other studies that have been done, like head movement, head dropping was like not helping get yeah. strikes. 
um, you know, we, we kind of run this a few times and I, I remember, uh, Christian hook too, also, yeah, yeah. also digging through some of this data. Um, but some simple things that, that takeaways from this are basically probably in, in, in this order is what we call negative movement. Negative movement is bad. And yeah. that's basically the glove at, at receipt, so yeah. that catch the glove moving away from the strike zone. Yeah. Um, so any negative movement was basically a, a great way to lose a strike or not get one. Uh, second thing was movement towards the yeah. center of the strike zone. Yeah. Uh, was a great indicator of, of helping that pitch get called a strike. And then uh, basically limiting total body movement. So okay. just, do, just, just doing so with the, yeah. the glove. Yeah. Um, which is why setup is, is, you know, pretty important. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say that, you know, those, those couple things, um, if, if you're working with catchers or you are a catcher, it's just like no negative movement. So, and, and then when you are framing, uh, movement back towards the middle yeah. of the zone is, it's kind of like a, a, a good base to, to build on. Um, we didn't see guys get penalized for, you know, lots of glove movement yeah. if it was in the right direction. Yeah. Um, so, so almost setting up then, I mean, I know it's overly simplistic, but like if you think, you know, if you think someone's going to throw like a slider like down and away, yeah. setting, setting up a little bit like further away from the batter. So then like glove movement, any glove movement in, you can kind of get away with if you're like more outside versus like inside you have to like reach down. Like, yeah. That, that's, that, that's, that's like a viable takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, setup is just like a huge thing and you see it with guys now because that's kind of how things are shifting with, with a lot of teams and trying to get more strikes and pitchers yeah. throwing harder and having nastier stuff. Uh, but guys could set up, you know, if I'm set up on the outside corner, I have a much better chance of yeah. getting as pitches off the outside part of the plate, you know? Yeah. Uh, if I'm set up middle, it's, it's a little bit harder for, yeah. me, to, for me to do that. And you've, you've seen like, uh, some catchers, their numbers have significantly changed. Yeah. Uh, and, and they might be good catchers, but like they're having to set up middle. Yeah. Right. And now the edges become a lot tougher to get. Yeah. So they might not be losing any strikes, but they're not really getting any because um, they're used to setting up. But their teams now are like, we need you to set up middle. Wait, so, so why are they doing that? Why are you telling them? Because pitchers throw more strikes with okay, guys yeah, set up yeah, down the middle. Yeah, so like okay. they're getting yeah. a center target. They're aiming more center. Uh, and, you know, a lot of relievers um, throw hard, yeah. nasty stuff. And even some starters like, you know, Otani is not – yeah. sitting there trying to nibble edges he's, yeah. he's throwing firm throwing stuff with lots of movement nasty stuff uh yeah. for strikes yeah um so teams are moving to this so where you see their catchers um setting up you know more middle or slightly shaded uh which makes getting those you know pitches that have a little chance of getting called a strike a lot harder yeah right. um what we're doing is we're training that yeah uh, we're, we're training for guys to be set up middle. And I think, I think that's just the way to approach it, you know, um, is, is let's teach guys how to frame the ball when it's not perfectly centered, yeah. centered in, on their body. Um, and we have a, a lot of really good tools to do that, but yeah, I think, I think that's where things are moving is teams are going to want their guys to set up to get more strikes, uh, from their pitchers, uh, more middle of the zone, um, and then maybe picking and choosing some spots to to move off the plate. Yeah, I know. I know this is a big thing. Uh, a couple of years ago, I don't know if it's still a discourse, but do you remember people like talk debating like throwing from one like popping up on a, on a knee and then throwing versus like staying like kind of in the same stance? Yeah, is that is that still a big topic that people go back and forth on? Yeah, I would say at the at the amateur level, the one knee stance is still you know. Pretty talked about a lot of people got yeah. got uh, thoughts and I um, opinions on that. At the big league level, it's you know it's you pretty much see everyone in a, in a one new stance. Yeah. Uh, there are a few guys that don't, and um, that happens. You know, we see guys in training here too. They're just like more comfortable and they, they yeah. do a better job of of framing uh, out of out of a traditional stance. And you know, I think you know at the pro level, they just understand that how how important framing can be yeah. and. and how much that can change a game. Uh, so, so are people teaching, like, in, are people increasingly teaching one knee? More yeah, and more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely see it uh, yeah, more and more. It's more popular. Uh, of course, at the highest level, and that's that's trickled down, you know, a lot of a lot of colleges implemented it very quickly, and they've been doing it for years. Um, and it's coming more popular. It's just like, 
you know, people, a lot of, a lot of athletes are like, oh, I, I feel like I can't block as, yeah. as far. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, yeah, you, you might not be able to block, you know, pitches, uh, five feet off, yeah. off the plate in the dirt. Yeah. But like, that's an extremely hard block. Yeah. Should, be, should you be, should you be optimizing for like that? that exactly. That, that how, how, yeah. how often does that happen? Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah. And we, when we did the study in here, um, you know, we had our catchers that come through full summer of, of catchers and testing uh one knee throw yeah. and the traditional stance throw. Uh, we did not see a velo decrease. Yeah. Um, in exchange times okay. were uh, oftentimes better. Yeah. Uh, we had the, uh, what I'll say is it's a lot more of a stable stance to move from. Yeah. Um, and that's you typically the right knee down. Yeah. Um, so that became kind of like the first place we'll go to, yeah. uh, as far as like a runner's on secondary stance is, is a right knee down. It's much easier to pop up out of. Um, but when we, when we tested that, yeah, guys, we're not losing velocity, uh, they felt a lot more stable. They can be a lot more consistent. Um, the exchange with pitches like, you know, way, way low and away or uh, way low and in um, can can be difficult. Um, but again, I think if you let guys explore and, and, you know, give them an opportunity to get reps at yeah. it, uh, they not only do they feel more comfortable, but um I think they can learn to to throw harder out of it. I think they can be quicker out of it because um, we saw it happen without without any of that. You know, yeah. just being yeah. like, "Hey, I know you've never done this before, but let's try." Yeah. It. And then yeah. showing them, but like we're not we're not losing anything with this. Yeah. In fact, some guys like you actually throw harder from this. Um, it's the same thing with one knee blocking. Most guys are like, oh, "I don't think I can block out of this. I don't think I can move." And it's like you're already down on a knee, yeah. so you yeah. just have to turn your glove over. Yeah. Right. So like the decision time so i have you know i have to make my decision to block and if i'm on a traditional stance uh i have to you know get my feet out from under me or come up to get down so that's what takes the longest yeah right it takes a long time to get down into a position to block yeah but if i'm already in one knee like my time to get in a position to block yeah. is significantly shortened yeah um so it, may, it helps guys to make that decision later um there is Possibly, you know, with most guys, you know, to one way, there's less mobility. Yeah. But again, like, uh, we're 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 optimizing for you know better More receiving. Yeah. What's, yeah. what's what's what's, what's going to have the biggest most. impact? Yeah. What's going to have the biggest impact? Yeah. 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 Ha have, having like, you know, like a like a five percent increase in effectiveness uh, on blocking or throwing a second or whatever across like ninety nine percent of plays. It's probably more important than having like a twenty percent increase in mobility on like less than one percent of plays. Exactly. Um, yeah. To, to throw random numbers on it, but yeah. Um, yeah. You, yeah. You, uh, shout out to to Mike and the, the Statcast guys. Um, you know some some Mike Petriello. Yeah, yeah. Some some really cool metrics for catchers. You can you can see all all the stuff there. Um, they recently dropped on on blocking. Yeah. Um, which you know, will push more interest in, on catching research too, which is what I was especially excited about. Like more, more so even than like the stats themselves. I'm just like, yeah, that's sick that they're starting to release these stats. Yeah, and, and what, then, what what else you want to say next? There was, uh, I think the some of the some of the things I think like on 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 framing it'd be it'd be cool to see uh, some of that expanded on. Yeah, um, the throwing stuff is is pretty cool. Because um, I'm, I'm gonna talk Petrillo in this post, bro. When I when I post it on Twitter, so so make, yeah. make 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 your make your wishes no, count. He, he's he's done some uh, some really cool stuff, and the, and the fact that they're putting this out for everyone to see is 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 really cool. Um, the blocking stuff is 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 awesome, um, but you can see that it's only like you know yeah. uh, Adley being the best, and yeah. and he's incredible. But uh, it's only you know four runs, five yeah. runs a game yeah. or a year. Yeah. So like. Uh, on the framing side, you know, we we can make just a, a much bigger impact there, and um, the difference, you know, between your median and your your high level guys, you know, being being pretty big there. Dude, I, I loved when framing war came in on Fangraphs like a few years ago, yeah. and all of a sudden Buster Posey has like thirty <laughs> more career war, you know? Yeah, just like borderline yeah. inner circle Hall of Famer. All of a sudden, that's, <laughs> that's thick. One in, dude. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and I was in, you know that research um that was done 
you know, back 2010, 11, um, starting to quantify how big yeah. of an impact receiving was, it was really cool. And now you see teams like huge, huge push to that way. And now you, you, you can't really get away with that. Yeah. Just being a, a terrible receiver. I hope that the rules don't change because yeah. I hate to see an art like that, a skill in the game yeah. be removed. But yeah, well, that's what I was gonna ask. I was, is there any concern in the caching industry about like what an impact robot umps could potentially have, right? Because in theory, I, you know, I don't think yeah. it's gonna go to zero, but in theory, like a lot of the framing value. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that definitely changes, yeah. right? To come from you now go from like the by far the only def defensive position that that's really making a huge impact, you know, you know, shortstop being, you know, yeah. uh, catchers, but take away the, the framing numbers. And now what are we optimizing for? Right. We have yeah. to be able to block. We have to be able to throw. So yeah. I think throwing becomes even more yeah. important. Um, where you're basically going to have, you know, it becomes a hitting position where guys have really good arms. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that's just where like, you know, training and, and and setups will change to to basically i'm going to set up to be able to throw yeah um i think you know something that's already happening uh we're we're, we're you know helping guys become a lot better with their glove as far as picking goes yeah. almost like an infielder's um fielding short hops yeah uh but yeah that that throwing piece would just be critical and, and then you're gonna have to hit yeah. maybe you're gonna have to hit yeah who, who, you do anyways but uh it's gonna be even more important yeah who who's your favorite favorite uh big league catcher of all time of all time yeah uh i think it's you know growing up in in my age like you know pudge like watching him was uh pretty cool and he had an absolute yeah. rocket so uh i think watching him but you know yachty uh, him and Posey, uh, we were just, I was just like growing up in the golden yeah, age because, yeah. cause those guys, um, you know, you know, Salvi and then what JT is doing in the game yeah. right now is in the last few years, he's just incredible. He's just like incredible athlete. Yeah. You know, he yeah. does it all. He does it all really, really well. Just gets um, hurt a little bit too much, right? Yeah. There's, there's been a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, but you see those tools get paid. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's just, he's just really fun to watch. I, I really like, um, you know Chucky Robinson. Yeah. Uh, so hearing the stories from from Bodie and uh, you know him having a good arm and uh, I like I like his skill set. So, but uh, yeah, I mean it's a cool position and yeah. and and so so many guys back there and, and and those guys like a lot of times those the character of the guys behind the plate just just has to be a little bit different. You know, kind of being in a position to to lead a team and be an extension of the coaching staff and work with pitchers like a lot of you know. Yeah, that to me, that to me has always been really cool, like pitcher catcher relationships. Like yeah. I, 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 I kind of love when a elite pitcher has like a kind of backup catcher as his guy. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And, and like he's yeah. always getting like he's just gonna get at least like one fifth of that bats. So like anytime that you know, <laughs> yeah. if Grind Kier Kershaw have, have a guy like it's just it's just who's catching him. Um, I was gonna say uh, uh, my guy used to be Russell Martin. I fucking yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, especially when I first started following, like, you uh, could hit a bit. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I first started following, uh, like, you know, really getting an MLB stats and stuff, I just thought it was like so, so sick. How how his stat line was so unique for a catcher. Like, he almost had like two 2020 seasons, uh, and so 07, 08, like around that time. Like, could yeah. hit, could walk. Um, yeah. Also got a huge boost once framing work kind of came in. Like, like really under uh, underappreciated in my opinion. No I mean, and even though like he, you know he made all star teams, like people. Thought he was a great catcher, but he's like, he was a really fucking good catcher. Yeah. 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 He uh, catchers with wheels, dude. He was like the original guy to, um, he would frame the low pitch. He yeah. wouldn't even frame it. Like most guys would like frame, yeah. actually frame, like, yeah. like stop and hold it. And he would just go, yeah. And like, yeah. Throw it back. Yeah. And he was like kind of the original guy where it's like looking at it and you're like, yeah. You know, that's a little different. But again, he's, his, his framing metrics were yeah. good. The I think, Dodgers needed that too. Their pitching staff was not good, bro. Like Derek Lowe, Brad Penny. <laughs> but remember, remember that one year Brad Penny like started the All Star game. Yeah, he had just had like a ridiculously low ERA before the All Star game. He had like look like he had like a six K per nine, maybe even less. You, you know what I mean? Like his peripherals were so bad, and he had like a like two point ERA through through like most of the season. Brad Penny. I didn't think I didn't think I'd hear that name coming yeah. coming in here today. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of uh, Stassi was another one of those guys who like kind of was a backup but he's just like a nasty yeah. framer and made himself uh into a really valuable commodity because he could 
he had that skill. Yeah. You know, he could catch, he could manage a staff, and he was he was getting strikes uh, a really high clip for for multiple years in a row with with without being being the guy catching every day. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I I think having those skills in the game, uh, something we should keep in the game. Yeah. Yeah. No, me, me too. I, I I love the aspect of framing. It just, it just brings a whole new like layer of like strategy. Yeah. Uh, game yeah. planning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, capture skills. Um, all right. Pivoting a little bit, I I, I, I want to talk about uh, some CR stories. First off, for for people like not really aware, like drawing CR is like is like nuts. It's always been nuts. You know, it's just like such a. I, I think the way we've like set up the business it's there's just going to be a lot of questions that customers have and there's always been like a lot of you know like one of the things i think that makes us special but also gives us an extra a, a, a good amount of work is we always try to make it work for someone you know like someone can be coming in they want like to train for a random amount of days do a little bit of like you know everything uh do it in another facility go back and forth do online do like a hybrid of software in person you, you know, like whatever, like we'll, we'll, we'll try to, and, and we also get a ton of questions and we always try to like over deliver on, on answering questions and kind of like just yeah. spreading knowledge that way yeah. and, and making connections. Um, but when you were running CR, first off, I, I, I think, I think you like pretty, pretty, pretty kind of, kind of cool look back on it. You're basically head of CR in a very, in a very like important time period in Trailland's history. Like when, when COVID first hit. And, and we like really redefined what we were focusing on for that like summer and fall of 2020 where we had a bunch of those like critical path meetings and i, I think that's i think that's like probably the, the closest like me and you have worked together right when you're when you're running the the cr and like trying to figure out how to like make all this stuff digestible and we're bringing in like swing profiles pitch ai like all this stuff yeah you know um yeah and and, and what, was, what was the squad it was you skull besky daughter and, and Rhodes. Yeah. Right? yeah yeah that that, yeah, that that to me is like uh yeah, that, that to me is like, yeah, like fucking CR, like all time, all time squad, especially like just, just in terms of those people's backgrounds, right? Like oh, daughter man, went on, went, went yeah. on to be a hitting trainer. Uh, now just got like a you know big role with the Red Sox. Um, Besky went on to be like uh, R and D, R and D, some pitching trainer. Also, also got the Red Sox. Skull, Skull's hopped around a bunch. Now is assistant director of player development. Um, you, you, you're a hitting trainer, like uh roads you know sales sales manager previously cr manager who's managing like six people like yeah what, what was it like going to work with those guys on a daily basis i think uh you're right about about that um department in the company and and that was a particularly unique time yeah uh and, and before that when you guys were dropping all these really cool tools yeah, yeah. and like we're trying to explain to people how to use them and yeah. you know build plans around like yeah you know, dropping that yeah. it was just like They're like what the fuck is edge <laughs> <laughs> like these guys just made something awesome yeah and like nobody knows about it yeah. and it's completely unique it's just like uh how, how do we go like you know drop this to the world yeah. and then also explain it and have the support built around it in track too yeah um you know trying to build and, and you know spending lots of time talking with coaches you know building connections there and just like you know they talk about sales and and you know and when Bodie did the sales stuff with us, it was a lot of fun, but oh, it, yeah. it's just like, we're, we're, yeah, we're selling a product, but like, we're not having to sell like, you know, uh, penny stocks. You yeah. Know? yeah we're, we're selling, we're selling stuff we, like, we, we, we believe in yeah, and, and yeah. we're like, is actually helpful. And we've yeah. seen, we've seen it work with, with other athletes, yeah. with other yeah. teams. And like, we're, you know, really trying to help people is, is, is who, who wanted to, yeah. who wanted the work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that group's pretty incredible. Uh, I just got lucky being there at the right time, I guess, right time and wrong time. COVID was, was yeah. extreme. It was pretty tough, but yeah. it was for everybody. So yeah, the circumstances, regardless of that, we, I just got lucky. There's a bunch of grinders in there. I mean, like, uh, yes, Skull Nikki, like you said, just kind of where, where they're all at kind of speaks to who they are as people. And, um, but going to war every day with those guys was a lot of fun. Um, but, but what kind of competitions were you guys doing? Cause I remember you, you guys were, you guys had a leaderboard up there. Like you'd always have like one, one fun category too, right? Yeah, like yeah. No, number of vibrating massage balls sold or something, but you'd have, you'd have like, uh, yeah, you have like, I don't know, athlete leads, like track leads maybe like, and then you guys would like do competitions, have, have like a designated person every week cook, cook dinner. 
for the late night closers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, drop, drop some dirt on that. Yeah. Uh, Driveline Plus was a big one. Um, and so we'd have competitions selling that. And then like, yeah, it was always something else with apparel or, you know, maybe it's just black plyos. Yeah. Uh, Bodhi set up some, some really cool things. Uh, they were, they were helpful for the company. And, um, again, it's not like, you know, we were, we were selling BS, uh, but yeah, the, the competition pretty fun. Skolnicki, of course, Sauteropolis and, uh, being, being super competitive, you know, just, just wanting to see, uh, see yeah. things happen. I mean, like, I remember, you know, we were calling different time zones who were like, you know, way, way ahead. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, it might be eight, eight or nine o'clock here, but yeah if we get in the sale before, before the competition ends, yeah, like yeah, it'll yeah. count. So we're yeah. like looking for people that are, uh, different, different parts of the world who, like, who might be up. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, so there, there, there was a lot of, a lot of fun there, but I think, yeah, that, that crew, you know, pretty, pretty tough to, to manage through that situation. If, if it's not, you know, those guys, yeah. yeah, yeah, really good people and just like really talented. So, yeah, yeah. Tell tell the massage ball story because I think I think Bodie's alluded to it before on, on a podcast, but this I this should, is this is like an you should and the next time you have Bodie on, you should have yeah. him tell it. But yeah, it was yeah, like cause, cause, yeah, yeah, go, go ahead. Uh, massage balls were part of the competition, and uh, there was a guy who was a and and this this is like a vibrating massage ball it's like what like how 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 expensive is it i want to say it's like 35 okay yeah yeah, right right around there uh plus price probably like 30 you know yeah and it's just general like you know mild fascial release you know yeah get warm up whatever you're still around yeah actually don't use the warm up use it maybe like when you're before you're going to bed yeah stuff like that yeah Yeah. uh but there was like a city worker came by and he like knocked on the door said hey um doing this work doing some work on this thing you know, we're always giving each other crap about sales and and stuff. And he was like, and I think Jared was like, you won't, you won't, you won't sell him a massage ball. Yeah. It's like, okay, challenge accepted. Yeah. And, um, I think I, the first time I went out, I, I, I went out, you know, asked, you know, what he was, what he was doing and like, you know, just kind of yeah, shut, shut inter- the introduction. Bit. Yeah. Shout the shit with him. And I, I had the massage ball yeah. in my hand. It was kind of yeah. like kind of rolling yeah. it on. And, yeah working out and then i went back out there again i was like man you're still out here like yeah you're working pretty hard yeah and you know talk to him about like you know how how hard the job is how sore it is now i was i had the ball out there again yeah and then uh i was like you know if you need anything need some water or anything like like come up come in the office right here and uh he was like get getting about to get finished and i was like i was like man what do you what do you do when you go home like yeah like you know talking to him about waking up in the morning sore every day yeah. and i was like you know like we we train athletes and uh they have to deal with soreness too and here's one of the tools we use and, yeah uh yeah man he he put in his hand you know t- turned it on had him feel it a little bit and he was like he was like man this actually seems pretty he's like i i can just all I had to do is like roll out on it, showing him, showing him how to do it. And, yeah. uh, basically a full demo walkthrough yeah. and, uh, all the guys, like usually like the phones are off the hook. There's conversation, there's yeah. stuff going on. And all the guys are just like, kind of just yeah. like on, on pins and needles, like kind of yeah. so waiting, like close. no way yeah. this happens. And sure enough, man, he pulled out the card and, uh, bought it on, bought it on the spot. Let's and, go, baby. Close, uh, just close. Uh, <laughs> That guy's been getting uh, his myofascial release, dude, yeah. and for for a couple of years now. So yeah. Shout out, shout out to him. Let's go. Being prepared every day when he goes to work. Let's go. We, I think he's the real hero in the story. You know. We, we, yeah, we we should do. Maybe we should do a. Um... I'm just linking people who want it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and want, you know, the information. They want the tools to do their jobs better. Yeah. That's all we are. Is a link. We, we, we got to put a to those products. We got to put a uh, a form on the website for for, <laughs> for for people from other industries. Are you also experiencing myofascial soreness? Um, yeah, dude. Also, I was gonna say the other the other CR reference I was gonna make. 
Oh, no, okay. Well, okay. Well, this might be... I don't, I don't know if this is going to put you on the spot or not. I, I also don't... I think this is you. I think this is you. It could have been Jerry, but I think this is you. Um, one of my other favorite, like... Uh, well, like I, I saw this one with my own eyes, so it wasn't more, more so a story where I didn't see the massage ball. But I, I feel like I remember you... <laughs> I feel like I remember uh, you underestimating how how little like airflow five four had, and uh, making fish for for lunch one day. God, <laughs> you had to bring this up, bro. bro I'm just <laughs> that's just one of my that's one of my favorite memories because you were just like so that you're like you're reliving it, dude. <laughs> that was pretty much dead and forgotten, dude. You can't... God. Yeah, yeah. Yo, yo, I, got, I got to sell you my sauce ball so you can, you can, you can iron, you can roll out the, yeah. the bad memories from that. Yeah, Engelbrecht is probably the main uh, one guy who will never forget. And he, yeah, yeah. He wore me out about that. <laughs> he was like having troubles working because of the smell of fish for, for a day. <laughs> but yeah, man, don't, yeah, lesson learned, you know, yeah. don't try to steam cod yeah. in, the, in the microwave uh, at work. Um. The, the other another random uh, story less less uh less on the spot but another random story that i think i've, I've mentioned before on a pod i was joking about this with angles um but remember remember when we threw like that uh july 4th barbecue at, at the old oh uh, yeah uh, yeah um yeah beach house and like you know like that one i, I kind of i think i planned like literally a few hours before I was yeah like, whatever i'm just yeah. gonna invite a bunch of people from driveline it's not really you know it's gonna be just basically driveline plus extension which is what it turned out to be it ended up being like 60 70 people i remember bro i remember um yeah i remember uh like Starwall showing up with like multiple captain morgan handles and i was like damn this 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 might turn into a party uh but like early on you know early on there were not many people there and 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 i think uh i remember when lindley well, I'd been hyping it up. Like, Lindley had just kind of moved to Washington. I'd been hyping it up. I was like, bro, we're going to throw, like, a rager. Like, you know, we're going to have, like, a bunch of girls there. Like, whatever. And, and like, Lindley uh, shows up with his, uh, you know, now ex-girlfriend. Like, like downstairs in the garage. Like, I run downstairs to let him in. And he's like, he's like, how many, uh, he's like, how many girls we got We got here, bro? And I was like, we just got our first lady. You know, like, <laughs> like, his girlfriend was the only girl at the party at the, at the point. And then, uh. I went back upstairs and Angles. I made a bet on whether more or less than five girls end up being at the party, and I took the over, and I won. And and bro, like you, you, you helped me win quite a bit because you brought two girls. You brought your girlfriend and your girlfriend's friend. That I always remember that this the kind yeah, of similar to your girlfriend. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, want to give you a shout out. You, you helped, you helped back, cover dude. the bet. Yeah, you helped yeah. cover the bet. Well, plus plus two on, on girls for any one guy at that party was huge, dude. Yeah, huge. Always, that's yeah. the, that's the way to yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, anyways, um, all right, sweet man. Uh, glad to have you on. Uh, what yeah. took you so long? It's episode ninety five, dude. I know we haven't even got into like, like the improvements. Uh, you know, from the hitting mocap, maybe like force play data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, we have to talk about that. Well, yeah. I, I, I was kind of trying yeah. to get into it initially with the with the you know where we're in, in, yeah. in 2018 versus versus now, but yeah, what what, we'll what, what are the main things? Yeah, what what are the main things you've, uh, um, yeah, what, what what are biggest changes for in the, in the hitting assessment nowadays and just the overall process? I guess we yeah we we did talk about the hitting assessment a bit, um, but yeah, I think uh, we talked like how is my coaching at driveline changed like and we, we've had assessments and we went through you know when we had a bat a ball report yeah. a swing profile report off blast and kvest report that we yeah. kind of all put together and i know uh stokey and i uh, talked about kind of you know putting all those together and like seeing a guy swing and like kind of knowing what was going to yeah. show up or like seeing a bat a ball report and know what else is going to show up um but I think as far as like things that have changed the way I coach here, I think the force play data uh, stands out to me in something recent. Um, just like how people are interacting with the ground. We haven't, yeah. something you can kind of see and kind of tell you like, man, you should be hitting the ball harder. Like you're too good of an athlete. Uh, you're moving pretty fast. Like what's going on here? Um, but but actually getting getting feedback from the mocap lab um, paired, paired up with the force play data uh has, has has changed the way i coach for yeah. sure and and being able to see you know the interaction with the ground you know being able to see you know the different directions of force they're putting in and the timing of that um you know the free moments like 
has really made uh, the load and, and, and the stride, you know, getting to your launch position, um, you know, that, that much more important. Just, yeah. just, just seeing how, how guys produce force and, you know, guys that are producing a lot for, for their stature or, or not a lot for their stature. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that has been, been pretty cool. And, you know, as like, if you were building anything or you were fixing anything, yeah. you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't start with, you know, if you were fixing, you know, a, a jacked up house, like you wouldn't do the foundation after everything yeah. else. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, we can so, ask Gordo. Cause Gordo literally fixed him. <laughs> like, what he do? <laughs> Maybe put him more security. Gordo, let's put him on the horn. We yeah. have to pause this. And we'll Facetime. Oh, yeah. On. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think that that has been like pretty incredible, and uh, I know JP uh, wrote a section oh, for that. I actually got to have Gordo on the podcast. I, 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 I I've never had him on. Uh, keep going. Keep going. I'm, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna face him and see if he yeah, picks up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. J- uh, plugging plugging Hacknick Connect Chain hitting again um because uh i know i know jp wrote wrote some stuff on that is really interesting um but yeah i just like you know i've always always been really cared about you know how guys you know we we you know the loading pattern and then like you know getting into a launch position where you can create a lot of force in a short window yeah because we you know we're hitting we got to do it in a small window um but but seeing the numbers associated with that and yeah. how the high level guys are just like the timing of it yeah. uh and the way they interact with it is just way different yeah. than than our amateur guys so. um damn gordo fucking big lead me well to be fair pr- pretty random time to <laughs> to big a face time it's late there so um what was i going to say yeah i mean i mean have you seen uh yeah, because I mean, a lot, a lot of stuff for the force plate. Really, I, I think it's just like giving a really good idea of strength profile, how it relates to um, to, to hitting metrics. Too. Yeah, we, we, we built, yeah. We, you know, shout out Anthony Osnax. Uh, we we built like predictive bat speed models. Um, we kind of build residuals off that. Like, how does a predicted bat speed compare to the actual bat speed? If the predicted bat speed is too low, you know, that's that, that means like your strength is actually not good. Like your bat speed is, is higher than it should be. But your, you know, your strength numbers are like kind of low. Like improving your strength, you know, might might be able to keep bumping up your bat speed. Um, and and then and then the the other thing I was going to mention, kind of kind of a little bit of a, of a side note, but one thing I'm really excited about um, is working is like MLB continuing to refine and and work on its bat speed numbers that they put out too. Because yeah. I think I think as yeah. those become more accurate and people start talking about it more, yeah, it's just going to be like people are going to start caring more about bat speed. People are going to start giving more of the proper weight to how important bat speed is. And I mean, a first of all, that'll help help our business, which is always nice. But B, that's just like it's just gonna also clear so much of the salad that exists around bass speed, you know? Because yeah. it's just like people can still make the claim that like, or, or pretend like, oh yeah, like you know, you can look at a swing of a uh, of someone just crushing a ball, and maybe if they have like not the most uh violent swing or something it might not look like the bass speed is that high you know people can be like oh yeah it's not even bass speed it's just timing like bro it's like you know i'm not saying that's the fastest swing of all time but like that's that dude has a high bass speed you know so so it's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna reduce some of the bullshit i think uh, about people um just making them excuses when a lot of it really is comes down to bass speed yeah it's just it's just an important piece to the equation yeah. and, and the, the biggest way is you is a hitter to uh, to change that, to change yeah. that number. And cool thing about it is we, we have a good game plan for it. Yeah. Like we can train this and, and you can, you can improve this. Yeah. Uh, so it, it makes sense to, to put some of your training economy towards it. it. It fires me up that we've been able to keep the, those bass speed gains up as we like have more and more elite people. And the, yeah, I mean, the, speaking of like notoriety for it too, like the, the ESPN articles and stuff on the, on the Dodgers hitters that just came out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, bums me out that Gavin Lux got hurt. I we could have seen that. Breaks my heart for that fucking guy. Fucking bass speed increase. Cause he, he, yeah, his, his swing at like five looks or six really miles good. Or right? Yeah, yeah. Nuts. I thought he was gonna do some pretty cool things this year, but he'll be back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You haven't heard yeah. it the last yeah. time. Yeah, M- but... Mookie's been crushing it. Uh, I think I saw him like hit, hit, hit a homer or two in spring training already. He, yeah, he's looking good. Muncie went yard today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. So yeah, that that stuff's really cool, and I, with it. With the higher level athletes, it's, you know, um, 
things can be easier because those guys can make adjustments yeah. And, yeah and they have really good body awareness and, and really good feedback when when things change um so working with those guys can be can be pretty fun of course you know nothing's a, a ton of you know it feels, feels really good when you see something happen on the field yeah. and then show up on the field but you know even for our college guys and our younger guys like um you know being able to to see the bass speed increases we do yeah. uh and then you know seeing that production change on a field you know our guys from summer who you know, I've hit three home runs in their yeah. whole life, yeah. you know, have three home runs in their first yeah. couple of weeks yeah. of, so seeing those changes, um, you know, is, is, is pretty cool. Pretty yeah. Cool. Um, all right. We should wrap this up because I only have a little bit of time to, to upload this, but I was going to say one last thing to, to see on air, to see if we hold ourselves to it, to it. Yeah. Um, you going to be sick if we visited a uh, solder and Besky in, in clear water or Fort Myers or where they are at Dang. some point. We should have planned this episode to be from there, but you gave me an introduction. So now, yeah. uh, maybe the next episode with yeah. me, we'll yeah. do with, uh, with the old CR. Homies. Yeah. That, that'd be sick. That'd be sick. I, I told them, I told them I want to visit them. I just got to figure out like when would be a good time to, to fit in my schedule. I got, I got five weddings this year, bro. That's a, that's I mean, a good, I'm marrying five people. <laughs> You're fishing for all of them. <laughs> I was kidding. I was trying to make a polygamy joke that, that I'm, that I'm going to have five wives. No, I got, a. um, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, <laughs> well, bro, you don't think I can, <laughs> can pull five wives? Uh, if no. anybody could, yeah, you could. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we, we should make it out there. And yeah, that, that'd be sick. Um, All right, Sauter and Besky, we're coming for yeah. you. Good episode. Glad to have matching flow for once. Because I'm, yeah. I'm sick of uh, outflexing these people with my, with my hair. Flow bros. But yeah. Thanks for giving me a, yeah. uh, some time in here with you. Of course. I really appreciate it. And I uh, look forward to the next one. Come train at Driveline. We'll see you here soon. If you got questions, call me, DM me. We'll talk about it.